Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we are discussing Dutch Sheets' book, Intercessory Prayer. And we've been talking about the sovereignty of God and his very unusual take on that. And all of this is in the context of a chapter on prayers of protection. So before we get started, do you just want to give us a little review and then we'll pick up where we left off? Yes. Last week we talked about rather than um, technological or mechanistic, do these things, say these things based on this knowledge that you gain, you get a good outcome because God's sovereignty uh, isn't going to protect us from bad outcomes if we don't get it right. Okay. Idea. And uh, what we were saying is that the idea in the Bible is relational. God as the father who, adopted us into his family we have a relationship and he knows better than we do what we need and as we trust him he gives good gifts and he cares for us and he gets us to the right place but this doesn't require some learning some secret information that's not available by any ordinary means okay applying that in some way or giving enough money or whatever it's based on trusting God, believing his promises, and the relationship where he brings us to the right place. So we have a totally different worldview. Right. It's really shocking to see how alien this whole view of God is that we're reading in this book compared to the statements in the Bible about the relational part of it. Yes, The blessing and cursing aren't based on uh, knowledge. It's based on relationship. Right. Okay. So if you know the trick and you know how to say the right things, you'll get the blessing. Or you you know how to do the right things, you get the blessing. It's based on relationship. Right. Anyone who read the narrative of Balaam would know that. Exactly. Because he was really good at cursing people, but he couldn't do it. Because God had blessed Israel when they were in right relationship with him. Yeah, right. And and then we have the the Dutch sheets claim here, we can open ourselves up to a curse. So Balaam can't curse Israel, but we can curse ourselves. Well, they, they will say that. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. If we don't give 10%, then we mentioned that last week. He yeah. Talked, yeah. Then there are other things that I would consider important truth, forgive others. But then the way he handles it, if we don't forgive and still have the gall to think God will hear and answer our prayer. So maybe if somebody didn't forgive, they forgot about, and therefore God's not going to hear and answer my prayers. It seems to me like I could just get in an endless maze of trying to figure out where I failed or who I need to forgive or what I did wrong in order to get some sort of outcome that I think is positive rather than just praying, asking for wisdom from God, making a decision and going on with life. 
Well, you're, you're exactly right. It's I know this because I was in a group for years that believed more like Dutch sheets. Okay. Always there was some reason why things were wrong because it was kind of a perfectionist view. Okay. We did things right. We'd have perfection. All right. Yeah, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So we didn't forgive somebody. And so therefore God won't hear us. Often we eat poorly, don't exercise. Then we blame sickness on God's will. Well, we, knew, we all know if we have a diet of Oreos and donuts that we're probably not going to feel very well and we're not going to be healthy. But what? I've never actually heard somebody blame their health on God's will. No, but I've heard a lot of recrimination that somebody didn't buy their food at the right grocery store. Right. Throw it the right way. Even if he had the ultimate perfect diet, this life is very, very short. Yes. And the fact is what disappears, and you just don't even think about it if you get stuck in this new apostolic reformation, whether it's the pietist version, the word of faith version, the Dutch sheets, the C. Peter Wagner version, whatever version you get into, what you don't hear about is forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That's right. But what happened to the eternal? You just do not even find it here. You don't hear about it. And so what if you're healthy and spry and eat the best foods and really do things right and you live really well and then you die like other people do. Right. What well, have you gained? If you're not right with God, you're still lost. Right. And um, the, the promise is the gift of eternal life. And the same way with our service. Uh, be, we were talking about this between recordings. I've been preaching through 1 Corinthians lately. And there's a whole section in there. They were making judgments about who's the greater preacher based on their version of who had the best gifts and okay. making uh, claims and things they couldn't know. Yeah. So I so said, do not go on passing judgment before the time. And then Paul has a section about future rewards for Christians. We can't even know who's doing the best and what the best gifts are now and who's doing the better with it, leave that up to God. That's his business. Okay. He rewards his servants. What we need to know is what he's called us to do and the relationship we have and the fact that we need one another and that we have a, the gift of eternal life and that we're, the only reason we're right with God and blessed is because Jesus Christ died for our sins, Christ crucified. Okay. So you take away forgiveness of sins. You take away any emphasis on eternity, the resurrection, God's promises, future reward, all that may still be there somewhere, but they don't talk about it. And you bring in, you didn't tithe enough, you didn't forgive somebody, you ate the wrong food, you didn't properly, I'm just reading from the book here, mm -hmm. properly train your children, and then somebody 
might suggest that their rebellion is our fault. We don't abide in Christ, but blame it on God's will when we ask what we will and it isn't done. So if we don't get the ideal outcome right down the line, right, monetary, how our children behave, our, our well-being in every way we ask anything, and getting the outcome and getting the prayers answered, we want this or that, it didn't come. It's all our fault. Or it might be our fault. Okay. I was reading that, and you read that as well. We mm-hmm. talked it over. Think about that. So if you look at all the maybe what ifs could be, who knows, in this whole situation, how do you know which part was God's discipline for our good as our father in which part was our fault because we're just dumb and we did it wrong. Right. How do you know the difference? Well, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes it would, let me put it this way. It would be really bad for me if I had all the money I wanted. My health was always perfect. My kids were little saints and everything just went the way I wanted it to. That would not be good for me. Because we grow through our need and we grow through depending on Christ and we grow through our trials and it would be bad if everything went just the way I wanted it to. How do we even know that the things that God allows aren't for our good? Well, we know they are. Right. That is a promise. Now, this is a good lesson for our listeners. And don't neglect the whole counsel of God. We can't just take key places. There are places in the Bible that are obviously some of the most important. Okay. Like the Exodus. Yes. Or like the story of Joseph and his brothers. Okay. Okay. At the end, he was betrayed continually. Right. In the end, he says, don't be angry with yourself because you sold me. God, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. Yep. And so you listen to Dutch Sheets. You probably won't even hear about that. And if you brought it up, you'd be told, well, you're just looking for an excuse or whatever. Right. So if certain groups and teachers neglect key important doctrines that are placed in the Bible right there to explain what happened and why and what God was doing. He did this to save many people alive. So we have the examples in the Bible to, to lead us to believe that what we go through, he's using to, to sanctify us, to perfect us and to save many people alive and to bring us to glory. Okay. You take glory out of it, and you want glory now. Take forgiveness out of it. You take eternal life. Take out the resurrection at the end of the age and the the various things that that are eternal, and you only have whose kids are doing better, who has better finances, who's happier, who's more successful, who has better protection from bad things happening now, and that's our part. You have an entire version of Christianity that's utterly unbiblical 
and has ignored most of the key statements in the Bible that should have been listened to. Amen. Absolutely. With techniques and knowledge, like the Babel Tower Builders, I wrote an article about that almost, whatever, 30 years ago, why technology can't save us. And you lose the idea of the relational. Okay. And I thought of an illustration. I, I don't even know how I thought this way. But when I was a young man on the farm in high school, I loved working out in the field. And no matter how bad things were and how unhappy I was, if I got on a tractor long enough, I was happy. <laughs> All right. Down the row, up and down the row. My dad used to say, keep track of your hours, I'll pay you. I never once kept track of those hours. Okay. And he'd say, well, keep track of your hours, I'll pay you. I could get paid by the neighbors if I wanted to go over, and I did sometimes. Mm-hmm. But my dad was wanting me to go to college, and he was making sure that I'd be able to do that. I thought I'd rather have a relationship with my dad than have some pay. Right. And he cared about me my my whole life. Yeah. And my father wasn't the perfect father. None is. No father is. But our Heavenly Father is perfect. And if he cares about us greater than even the fathers we have in this life, whether we had good ones or bad ones, if he cares about us, he has more wisdom than my dad ever dreamed of having. Yes. And I know that he gets me to the right place. Some of the things that are worst disappointments that happened to me resulted in the greatest good. Yeah. One of which. We, yeah. And we can probably all point to things like that. Yes. But if you're reading Dutch Sheets book, you don't dare point to things like that because you're guilty of looking for an excuse for not building a wall of protection through a paga. Right. You didn't get a revelation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the illustrations he finds in the Bible will be like the wall marching around Jericho. Yes. But we don't have a prophet, an infallible prophet, to tell us these sort of things. Okay. We had prophets. We have false prophets. <laughs> yeah, we have plenty of them. That happened. There's nobody telling me I have to go march around a certain building. Right. Okay. So that's this. But he he doesn't notice Joseph or the Balaam episode or the promises that we read last week from Isaiah chapter, or excuse me, Exodus 6, or the promises that the Lord gave us that are eternal. And he doesn't know the all things statements in Hebrews, Hebrews 1. Romans 8, Ephesians 1. No, we don't know that. But we know you better do better. Your diet isn't very good. You aren't giving enough money. Well, or how about Paul? My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Where is that in this? That's in 2 Corinthians 12, and it's a very important passage. Okay. And what it shows is relational, not technological. Right. Okay. And one of the things that happens in these, this view of things is that you lose sight of the two domains. Yes. Okay. Those who are not believing the gospel or do not know God 
and are going their own way with their own religion are in the domain of darkness. Okay. Those who are converted through Jesus Christ, God the Son, the very creator of the universe, who, who was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, predicted his own death on the cross and his own resurrection, who shed his blood for sins once for all, was raised, appeared to witnesses, ascended to the right hand of God, according to Psalm 110, verse 1, and who reigns, and we have access to him. That's relational. Those who know him are transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. Right. Transferred out of darkness into light means you have a relationship. You don't need to know some secret spiritual information to ward off a curse. Exactly. We are blessed, not cursed. And so we're part of the one new man. We're blessed according to Ephesians 1.3. So if you've been in a new apostolic reformation church, I suggest that you study the verses in the Bible they never will preach on. Okay. Which are probably going to be 95% of the Bible. Yeah. But if you don't hear about forgiveness of sins, you don't hear about having a relationship where God cares for us even if we don't figure out all the right things to say or do. And if, as people get older and they have difficulties and not every child grows up and serves God, there are, there are all kinds of things we go through. We have love and compassion for one another, or we just dump recrimination because you probably did it wrong. Right. This is, it, it is so heartbreaking and, Partly because it is the ones who very genuinely want to seek God and want to be pleasing to him. They're the ones who get tripped up by this and get hurt by it. Yeah. And they, I know that, and I've shared that many times in this series, I've shared stories. Yeah. Some of the people that were the most vulnerable in that movement end up, even as they were old and dying, in the most sorrow because they thought they failed. Right. You don't see these very visible preachers in that condition. Right. They're, they're the ones everybody wants to be like. It's as if they'd never read all of First Corinthians warning against that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, here's a quote from his book on page 92, 93. Let's try to lay down our fears, insecurities, and tendencies toward offense. He says, let accept the fact that the scriptures are filled with principles that put responsibility on it, us, which must be met to receive God's promises. Let's realize this doesn't cancel grace and promote salvation by works. Well, why don't you just talk about salvation, period, before we start the discussion? Okay. Because he hasn't talked about eternal life, forgiveness of sins, God being our Father who cares for us if we know him, and being part of the family of God, and praying for one another as we trust him. And the promises, uh, he makes things into bad categories, part grace, part works. And we don't know what's operative at any given time. Right. Um then he says, grace does not imply no responsibility on our part. 
He says, let us realize the love of God is unconditional, but his favor and blessing are not. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this is, here it is again. Yeah. It's as if I'm now back 45, 50 years ago in this group that thought just like this. Okay. And why did it go wrong? Why did this one? We're trying to figure out things that we can't know anyhow. Right. Ephesians 1.3 doesn't say his blessing is conditional on us getting certain things right. Especially things that aren't revealed in the first place. Well, it's. let's get it. Let me give our, our uh, listening family out there. Think about this. The very simple version, even in the Old Testament, is based on relationship and trust, not on knowing details of possible outcomes and how well we do on our part. Okay. And if you go into Jeremiah, you see it. Blessed is the person who trusts in God. Right. Jeremiah, I think that's in Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the person trust in God. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. There's our two right there. It's one or the other. You trust God or you trust man. Yep. So you take this synergism, only it's an odd kind of synergism. God does his part. We do our part. Whatever went bad is because we didn't get our part right. And if we mention the sovereignty of God, we're just copping out and using that for some sort of theological crutch for failure. Okay. That's implied. Now he's not, mm -hmm. that's always the case. Here's the question. How do you know that's the case or not the case? Right. How would we determine that? What? Well, if you, if you're on, the more honest you are with your own humanity, the more you feel like it's your fault. Yep. Absolutely. If, very honest and thoughtful and thinking I was, you know, I, I can't claim I was a great father and I did the right things. And I told, taught all the right things. And if you, if you, the more sensitive people are, the more they're sure it's their fault. Yeah. More bold and strong and bullheaded and whatever I did wrong. I forgot that. Here we go. I got it right. I know what I'm doing. That's like water off of a, a Teflon raincoat. Just <laughs> so some people don't feel any recrimination. And they point fingers at everybody else, and other people just get beat down. Yeah. The reality is we don't even know. We're not capable of fully even knowing who did the best job. Go read 1 Corinthians chapters 1 through 4, and you'll get that. Okay. Okay, God is the one who knows. Yes. And don't go beyond what is written. The reality is, when you look back, if you're trusting God, you can see the hand of God bringing you here, 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 here. And I'm so thankful that I'm able to be able to do theology because I ended up in seminary where I didn't want to go. Right. Yeah. And uh, Jessica will remember that because you were around yeah. And as soon as I got there, I realized the timing, look at the timing. 
They had great teachers then, all of whom eventually left because the, the place went some other direction. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do this. So dear ones, God cares about you. And if you are feeling like, okay, I should take better care of myself, that's fine. Yeah. Then take better care. Then every once in a while that hits me right now. I'm I'm on to take better care mode. <laughs> right. Um well, and, and we're not saying don't be a good steward of the body God gave you. We're not saying don't be a good steward of your money. We we need to seek to honor God in the way we live our lives. But we don't need to find out secret information about how we should have shouldn't have done something in order to obtain God's blessing. We we uh as a matter of fact, that's exactly right. And I don't like it when people compare one another about who's the better parent, mm-hmm. got the better kids. It's, it's rather premature. Yeah. If they're still, I mean, the outcome, sometimes the outcome happens when they're a lot older. Right. We don't know that. I wasn't a very nice teenager, my poor mom. But, you know, the outcome is now she's got a son that cares about her. Yeah. And um, that's by God's grace, not anything in me. So what this needs here is the whole counsel of God, not just picking and choosing. Okay. We showed that throughout this series. Colossians 124, taken out of context, misused. Yep. Any other passages. Skip all the ones that have anything to do with God taking care of us, having a relationship, having forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and grab all the ones in which we might fail, but Dutch Sheets didn't fail. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, how does that help us? Right. It doesn't. And uh, the I don't believe that there's any subjective metaphysical impression that we have to get from the realm of the spirits and attribute that to God speaking, that's going to give us a better outcome. Right. And decrees aren't going to give us a better outcome. Binding Our, Satan's not going to give us a better outcome. God, God's decrees come to pass. Man's decrees often do not. Yeah. I wrote down here, medic, meta, just looking at some of these stories in here. Mm-hmm. Metaphysical impressions that we may or may not hear are more uh, necessary in his thinking than having a relationship with God who cares for us. Right. Now, think about that seriously. Do you want a relationship with God who cares for us, who knows all things, always has our best interests in mind and has sovereign control of his own universe for the benefit of his own people and who will bring discipline to us when we need it and who puts us in the family of God and we have trust in him through what he's already said or would you rather learn principles roughly drawn from the Bible and they get personal revelations that may or may not be from God. So you know what principle and how long to pray about what at what time 
So you avert a bad outcome. Right. And, you know, we may be trying to avert the very things that God is going to use to cause us to grow. Oh, yes. I, I promise you, could I have, if I could have averted a lot of different things that ended up being for the best thing that ever happened to me, I would have. Yeah. When people say, well, if you look back, what would you change? I looked at it as an exercise of utility because I can't change. Right. I can learn from things that are sinful that I shouldn't do. And, and I need to stay away from and ask free, forgiveness and freedom. Mm-hmm. But everything that happened or that other, all these things, I wouldn't want to be in a position where I'm not prepared to teach the people, the whole counsel of God, including some of the things that we went through that we wish we hadn't. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week.